What's Cooking, supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits. Uh, yeah, what's cooking? Um, look, back in the holiday break before 2023 was a thing, um, I decided to hit up some American actors and musicians who took part and uh, got famous on TikTok for a little bit. So we're talking to some people that got famous on TikTok? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Do we know how many billions of views they've had on TikTok or anything like I, that? I, look... Purely immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of a small time thing, okay. but it was a thing nevertheless. What did they get famous on TikTok for? For one song. Okay. I explain at the start of this piece right here. Today on What's Cooking, the fictional American duo that took TikTok by surprise with this track. Taste the biscuit. Taste the goodness of the biscuit. Only shy of 12 years after it was created and portrayed in the independent film Chickens in the Shadows, and as their Bandcamp bio professors, they've been rocking your body home since 1979. Welcome, Toasters and Moose. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> let's, um, let's start by going around and introducing ourselves first. We'll go with you, Estelle. Hi, I'm Estelle, a.k.a. Toasters. I met these guys, well, almost 13 years ago now in um, Chickens in the Shadows, the film. And um, I've been writing plays since I was a little kid, putting them on, working theater off and on pretty much ever since then, some camera work. I'm delighted to be here. Hi, I'm Tom Shaw, and uh, you know me as Moose of Toasters and Moose, and I'm a singer-pianist and... I have a jazz trio, and I accompany a lot of singers, and play for musical theater, and stay very busy as a uh, professional musician. It's my full-time day job and night job, and uh, being cast as Moose in Chickens in the Shadows back in 2010 was my first film, and uh, had a great time, great experience, and obviously I got to meet Estelle. And uh, we've been BFFs ever since. And we both met Vincent. <laughs> of course, Vincent. Who? who? created it all. The mastermind. You. Yes, there's there's me as well. Hi, my name is Vincent Gargiulo. Um, I'm the real Toasters and Moose. Uh, <laughs> I write all their songs. Everything they say, everything they just said earlier today, I actually wrote ahead of time. <laughs> we are but his puppets. <laughs> yep. And um, but I made the movie. I I created the duo, the fictional duo Toasters and Moose, and it's all gotten way out of hand. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. Also, most of what I play on the keyboard in the movie was also Vincent because he programmed the keyboard. Because that's what Moose did. Moose would you know program the keyboard and. Vincent has his own band as well. Vincent Gargiulo National Park. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Rocking your body home since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> what a line. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I'll never unhear that. <laughs> and I, I guess this is your guys' first interview on New Zealand radio, is it? Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're in there. First time, boys. Um, I guess I want to start with um, the film first, right at the very beginning. Vincent... What made you want to make a mockumentary set around a fictional band? And how did you come across Tom and Estelle? Yeah, so um, 
I've always dabbled in music and movies. And at that time, I was really dabbling a lot <laughs> in both. Uh, still trying to figure out what I was trying to do. Um, and so I just wanted to come up with a cheap way to do a movie that incorporated music. And I had watched the Bob Dylan documentary, uh, Don't Look Back. And it basically just follows Bob around on a tour and nothing really happens. He just meets people, plays a few songs, and that's the movie. It's mm. like, oh, I can do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I was in a two-man band before this called Ghost Peeps, oh, which was right. um, a guy singing and a guy on keyboards, uh, which was me. And so um, I kind of incorporated my own real life open mic experiences and put that in a movie. Um, now where Toasters and Moose came from, it's a little vague now. I don't really remember. Um, I think it would just, I think it would have been funnier if it was um, an older duo on hard times trying to recapture the magic. Um, and they're kind of a knockoff of uh, Captain and Tennille. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but um, Estelle being Tennille of course uh, oh that's right yeah <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I had a script and I put out a casting notice on different sites and uh, Tom came from Craigslist I believe mm -hmm, that's correct <laughs> we won't say which category no just kidding <laughs> yeah he came to pick up a sofa and I was like you want to be in the movie <laughs> star <laughs> Starring role, you don't have to say anything, just be there. Um, but then Estelle came from some professional casting site, I think. And um, I interviewed a bunch of people and they were the best together. Um, and it was just kismet that they actually got along in real life. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I find it strange to this day that people really do think that they're real. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think that's a testament to their acting. That um, thank you. No matter what I t no matter what I say to people, people believe that toasters and moose are a real thing, and those are really them acting that way. Mm. But we still get questions like, "When are you going on tour?" Oh yeah, or are you yeah. a couple? And we're like, I'm, "My smart ass answer is a couple of what?" But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I kind of go, no, no, we're 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 besties, you know, and thank God for it. Yeah. I, you know, quick side trip. I have mentioned this before, but I I'm very confident with acting, but and I love to sing, but I am not confident singing in front of human beings. And so I, I looked up Tom once I found out he was going to be playing Moose, and I was like, oh shit, he's a he's a freaking pianist he's a jazz pianist he has his own trio in san francisco i can't sing in front of this guy and tom meanwhile is googling me and going oh fuck she's a shakespearean actress oh my god i can't act in front of her it's all true and then we met and it was like girl i got your back <laughs> yeah yeah that takes me to my next question then which is for, for you tom and estelle can you guys remember how the film was pitched to you <laughs> I saw it listed on this casting site. It was a long listing, but that was good. I, I like having more rather than less information a lot of the time. And then at the very bottom, 
it says about toasters, and, and obviously she's a pretty flawed individual, even from the character description. It says, her voice is really not that bad. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I can pull that off, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, was reading it, you know, from that, and um, I kind of went, and it was my first, I had done a few little camera projects and, you know, for people as an actress in college, but it was really my first indie film also. And I was terrified because I do this periodically. I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll do this Shakespeare and sing seven songs in front of people with a guitar doing medieval or Elizabethan <laughs> shit. And then the next week, I'm like, what were you thinking? Oh, my fucking God, you can't do this. <laughs> so there was sort of that. But it was really a great experience, actually. But that's how it was pitched. And I kind of went, okay, this will be a challenge. So for me, I was um, <clears throat> combing Craigslist under... under gigs or something like that and occasionally i would you know see something that sounded interesting but i saw this uh listing and uh, they were looking for uh a dude who was in his mid-50s kind of overweight uh you know slightly depressed he, he's supposed to play a slightly depressed character and you know he plays piano and sings and it's like, oh, my God, that's like me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a lot like Moose in some ways. And uh, so I just thought, oh, I'll just try this. And uh, <clears throat> I think the ad even said, you know, singing or and or playing piano wasn't even required. So I thought, ooh, well, I can do both. So, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll ace the, the part. Well, with that, we'll go into the first song. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to say, let's go off with Estelle. What song have you picked here and why? Yeah, so I, I went through a bunch. When you asked for a song, like Tom, I too blanked and went, uh, I don't know. So then I went through one of my playlists on YouTube, and I, I had several things popped up. David Bowie's Fame and a whole bunch of other ones. But I came across one of my favorite bands from the 70s, Tower of Power, and it was the song is called What is Hip? And it says, you know, what is hip? Do you think you know? You know, what, if you're really hip, the passing years will show. And, um, you know, doing a hip trip, maybe hipper than hip. And that song has always intrigued me. I love the musicianship of Tower of Power and that lead singer is so wonderful. And it kind of combines some loves for me, um, funk and jazz and you know, a little R&B in there. And, um, and one of the most important things, you have to continually recreate yourself as an artist, as a human being. And I think in a small way, that's part of what Toasters and Moose are trying to do at the end of Awesome. Let's listen now to What Is Hip from Tower of Power. Yeah. 
Testify. Holy 
shit. Oh my god. I am awake now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was What Is Hip from Tower of Power. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> that was amazing. I've got Toasters and Moose here. What was it like going viral 12 years after the film was released? And how did you how did you all find out about the craze? You know what? It was on my birthday this year, July 26th. I got on TikTok. And I think it was, was it Vincent or Tom? One of you said something about it in a, you know, a Facebook message? Well, for yeah. me, I was not on TikTok. I'd heard of oh, TikTok. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know. Oh, maybe somebody else told me about it. They were yeah. like, get on TikTok. And I went, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, holy, it's some guy, XX Dogface or somebody posted right. it and it went crazy. Crazy. I mean, it had already thousands of likes or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. And then I'm like, and it's like my birthday and I'm a Leo. So it's like, you know, it, I try to remember it's not all about me. But I was like, oh my God, life, thank you. But I didn't know what the hell all that meant. And then they took it down and then Vincent posted it and it's, it kept going. So it was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was getting messages like, uh, you know, on, in Facebook Messenger, like three different people said, "Tom, you're trending on TikTok," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like I heard of TikTok, but I wasn't on it. And when my partner was telling me what TikTok was all about, like you know, months before this happened, I'm like, "Why the hell would I be on something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so then uh, I got on TikTok and saw what was happening. It's like, oh my god. And uh, I've been on TikTok ever since, and now I, now I, I really embrace it, and uh, it's fun. Vincent, had you heard about it that day or no? Uh, maybe. I think so. I wasn't really on TikTok either, but then, yeah, I saw the dog face thing, and uh, I think I even <laughs> tried to take it down or something. <laughs> but it, they wouldn't let me. Um, Wow. But yeah, I uh, yeah. it it had had little spurts of virality in the last twelve years. Um, oh yeah, especially in twenty eleven. This yeah. was the big the biggest one. At, in the beginning, I was like, oh, here we go again, another little <laughs> little spurt. But it's still going, um, not as much as it was in like early October. But every day, taste the biscuit, <laughs> something, <laughs> something. Something going on with biscuits. George Lopez, maybe Vincent should tell the story, but George Lopez got wind of Taste the Biscuit while it was having its viral moment, and he posted it on one of his shows, and then people kept contacting him like, oh, my God, what's that song? So he would reference it on repeat shows, like different shows. Like two or three times he would reference the song, and then guests that he had on would start singing it. The his band, band played it. Yeah, for and Billy Ray Cyrus parts. was... One of his guests on one of his episodes, he sang it. And then George Lopez got canceled. And that was that. <laughs> I know, we were like, I, God, did we do that? <laughs> I take pride that I had something to do with his cancellation. And you know what? Our karma, I hope, is not, but it seems like it might be tied to his. Because the same day that we had an article, an interview in the Rolling Stone, he, oh no, we were on Access Daily. He was on Access Daily. The same with his, episode. Him and his daughter. His daughter, you know, he's riding his daughter's coattails at this point. And so she has him on in one of her shows. 
Well, I was saying he's, he got a new sitcom. That's what he was being interviewed. Yeah, about. and it's the same day, and I was like, oh my God, what Crazy. does this mean? <laughs> Full circle. And I'm also dating Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Again? Shit, I thought I was dating her. God dang it. I think we all are. Everybody is. Oh my God. She's all of our Miley. Uh, <laughs> let's go for the second track now. Tom, please tell us what our ears are going to be graced with here. And what made you choose this track? Okay, so like Estelle said, I was blanking, like, oh my God, what songs have inspired me? And the songs that I kept coming up with was like, oh no, I couldn't suggest that one. A lot of them had to deal with like confusion around my sexuality. And uh, I was thinking of, uh, was it Partridge Family that did, I think I love you, but I know, whatever that song is. Yes. Lola, L-O-L-A, that was like, that was like a big song for me. But what I ended up landing on was I'm 18, or maybe it's just called 18 by Alice Cooper. I was a gigantic Mm. Alice Cooper fan. And this song came out actually when I was 16, but I just played it constantly and it was my anthem. And it was so long ago now, I'm not sure exactly why, but... um, uh, Alice Cooper was from Detroit, which is originally anyway, and that's where I was from. Ah. And there was an underground radio station, WABX, in Detroit. Hmm. I mean, quote unquote, underground radio station. And uh, they also had a TV show, like on Sunday nights, on a UHF channel. And Alice Cooper was on there, and I was just like, these people, these guys, blew my mind with their like long, long hair, which I hadn't seen before, because this is like 1970. And um, I just was sort of just blown away by their appearance. And there was, you know, Alice Cooper kind of started that whole thing. And there was like a darkness about him. And I loved the music. And I thought the guys in the band were kind of hot. So, <laughs> and I was, I was confused and had, you know, uh, teenage angst. And I just felt like the song... I don't know, somehow I related to it, even though I was only 16 when it came out. Right on. Let's listen to this track then from Alice Cooper. Let's.
I'm 18 from Alice Cooper. Thank you yeah. for that selection. Wow. Yeah. That was revisiting those lyrics. I mean, that was totally me when I was 16. I, 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 for the first time, I'm like seeing that song as it was kind of my coming of age song. You know, I, I got to tell you, Tom, that one of the songs I thought about, this just made me think of it, was uh, a, a longtime favorite is uh, David Bowie's Rebel Rebel. And those mm. lyrics, mm. don't know if you're a boy or a girl. Yeah. And I was like, long time struggling with that for me too. I guess now's the time to ask you all about the latest EP from this fictional duo. Can somebody answer to how Taste the Christmas came to be? Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm to blame for that. Um, (laughs) Well, so ever since the biscuit craze of 2022 came along, People kept wanting something, something more with uh, toasters and mousse. And I was like, well, I feel like I kind of completed that circle. I don't have much, much else to do. But um, a couple years ago, I think Tom actually mentioned to me on Christmas, toasters and mousse should have a Christmas song. Mm. And yep. and so I just kind of like, okay, cool. And <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> But now, uh, now that there was some kind of demand, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I could do something. Um, and so uh, I have been writing songs for a very long time, and I have a huge collection of unreleased uh, music that has just been sitting forever in my, in my uh, folders. So I had Christmas songs that I never did anything with. So I was like, why don't I pull them out and give them the toasters and mousse? So three of the new songs are not really new at all. They were written a long, long time ago. Um, But I gave them to toasters and mousse to sing. And then I wrote one new one, Christmas Biscuits, the hit single, because I had to incorporate biscuits into something. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, it was just, um, you know, there's, there's not been a lot, like a lot of money that's come in from any of this. So I was like, I want to do something that I want to do. And that was make a Christmas album that kind of sounded like a a Charlie Brown Christmas, but Estelle sings all over it. So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) So, um, wow. (laughs) So that's what we did. And, uh, it was all a big rush. Um, cause I think I had the idea in like November 1st and I was like, well, we got to rush this out. So got, uh, Tom to actually play this time on piano and, um, with hired, Roberta uh, Drake, the drummer yep, from yeah. my trio, from Tom yep. Shaw Trio. And uh, there was a bassist lined up, but he pulled out, so I ended up playing bass. I think I did all right. And, um, and Estelle sang, and we put it out, and I made a video, and, uh, and now we have Taste of Christmas to be enjoyed every single year for the rest of our lives. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Amen. God. <laughs> And I had just been getting over, uh, I don't know, some respiratory damn thing. So really, like when we went into the studio, uh, we had four songs to record and I got through two and my voice was just gone. Mm. And then we came back and recorded more and God bless Vincent for, you know, figuring out how to do that. But I felt bad because I went, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm not the best vocalist, but I I sure would have liked to have done a better job, but it was what we had and we had a deadline. So it was fun. Oh, yeah. We definitely and, and had a time time crunch. 
yeah, Vincent and Tom, Roberta, all of the people involved really made it uh, a delight to do. And I, I will add that it was uh, sort of hard to get it all scheduled because uh, we're all very busy with the holidays. And I, every year at this time, I play piano for a drag version of the Golden Girls here in San Francisco. And uh, we're in the middle of 26 performances. We have like five more left. And, uh, you know, trying to like schedule the recording and, and rehearsing and stuff was not easy, but we pulled it off and, you know, the result is amazing. Not to mention the video and shooting that. Oh, I mean, all yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, years ago, I knew, you know, if Vincent put his mind to it, he could totally write a hit Christmas song, and he did. And now I have. <laughs> Look out, Mariah. Well, before we, <laughs> before we sample um, a song from that latest EP, let's go with our final guest selection here vincent yeah you've delightfully picked a track from new zealand royalty here it's almost <gasps> a little cheeky how you've done this mm -hmm. but can you tell ah. us the track that you've picked and why yeah well so i figured this is no better time to share my love for split ends um they're oh. not that popular in america yeah. but um i think i had some like greatest hits album back when I was like a teenager or something. Um, and it was good. I liked it, whatever. But then um, I just moved to San Francisco. <laughs> There's more to this story. I just moved to San Francisco and um, there's a place called Amoeba Records. And I didn't know anybody in San Francisco. I just was walking around consuming whatever. And Amoeba had everything that my hometown of Stockton, California did not have. Uh, and there was a DVD of Split Ends music videos, and it was a PAL DVD um, that I couldn't even play. But I was like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to buy it anyway. <laughs> and so I, I got a DVD, I got an all-region DVD player, and I watched these music videos, which I had never seen before. This is before YouTube. This is before anything. And, um, and their music videos, especially the early Split Ends, it just blew my mind, the look, the costuming, um, the song structure. Um, I had never really heard anything like that. And they became a huge influence on me, wow. um, especially early split ends, which is what we're going to play. Uh, this is an early track of theirs called Late Last Night. I love everything about this song and how it goes through 40 different genres of music within four <laughs> minutes. Wow. <laughs> that is an influence on you. Totally. Yeah, let's hear it. I saw you standing there at the bar. Your eyes were glazed with passion. A look of afar, a secret smile. I blew a few kisses, said my name is Lyle That love in her eyes Ooh, heart to heart Heart to heart A tender goodbye A tender goodbye Nothing could ever keep us apart As you sipped your tequila I knew I had to steal ya Read like a book, surprise that you took your time. Dig that rhyme. 
Last night from Split Ends, far out. So much fun. Here's the final track from the Taste of the Christmas EP, Percy the Thanksgiving Turkey. Who wants to explain this banger here? Because I really love, I love the the combination of the bass and the drum track. It just works so well. Yeah, this is one of those really old songs that I pulled out of the archive, and its origin story is lost to time. But I I found it. And I was like, well, this is pretty stupid. Let's have Tosas and Moose perform it. Let's have Estelle sing another stupid song. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm not going to give you a good song. Uh, <laughs> I saved those for my own band. But, um, but um, yeah, so I thought, well, what this could kind of sound good with like a funky uh, Beatles come together type groove. And... Uh, and we put it together, and it is extremely strange um, and a bit sinister. And 
and some people find it a little disturbing. Um, That's why I like I have it. A, I have a question. Think, Thanksgiving is a, an American holiday. Do, will the listeners even know what we're talking about? The, the customs of Thanksgiving? Yeah, well, we, we tend to understand what, what happens in the U.S. from time to time. So I, I, our, <laughs> listeners, our listeners would understand. Okay. They understand the massive, brutal turkey holocaust that happens every year. Yeah, that's a that's a way to word it, but yes. <laughs> we, this song is my personal favorite from the EP, and I keep telling so Vincent funny. it's a sleeper hit. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it will be after this goes out. Yes, yes oh, it yeah. will be. Well, here we go. Here's Percy the Thanksgiving Turkey, which brings us to a close of this edition of What's Cooking, oh. brought to you by the Auckland Art Gallery. Cheers, guys. Um, thanks for being here, Estelle, Tom, and Vincent of Toasters and Moose. Oh my God, thank you. Thank you, thank this you has Corey. Been a blast. Thanks for having us. His name was Percy, the Thanksgiving turkey. And he was the greatest turkey I ever ate. His drumsticks were delicious. We were eating on him till Christmas. Percy had such a great taste. What's cooking? Supported by Auckland Art Gallery Toyo Tamaki. Become a member today for great art benefits.